Hello, welcome to This Week in Japan. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm not allowed to talk. And together we are Geeks and Gaijins, bringing you the local news and replacements for ripped tutus. He's the Geek Tom, by the way. I know, that's me, yes. I'm already contributing at a higher capacity than usual, so don't expect much from me this week. He made a joke. It's insane. We don't have many of those here. <laughs> no. Apart from us two. <laughs> and as well as us two, we have today hay fever, POTUS scams, an election in society, tyre spikes, Pringles, and the one place that has not been corrupted by capitalism, space. <laughs> We're talking about space. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! In, in what is supposed to be cute corner, but oh. it's cute inspiration, happy corner time. Yay! This is now good vibes corner. Getting all those good vibes. Okay, Japan is full of cute stuff, but I can't just bring you cats every week. I mean, I could, but... We'll just, we can just replace it with, this week's cat is... Hello, Hana-chan. Hello, Yuzu-chan. Yeah. No, this week we are going to be inspired by going to the moon. But sadly, it seems like capitalism is going to the moon. This is a Japanese billionaire, Yusaka Maizawa, who has the title, perhaps, of one of the most eccentric billionaires in the world. God, you got to work hard to get that title <laughs> Well, it seems he's working with another couple of them uh, because he is the founder uh. of the online fashion retailer Zozo Town. And he's decided that he's going to spend his money. He already does some good stuff. He supports arts and sciences. He donates stuff. Yeah. Uh, but now he has started a project called the Dear Moon Project with Elon Musk. Uh, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I should have known this was coming as soon as you mentioned space, John. <laughs> well, this might seem like a bit, like, scary now. But no, he is... <laughs> good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. Good vibes, good vibes. He's inviting eight people from around the world to fill seats that he's paid for on the first commercial spaceship which is expected to take flight in 2023. So, Thomas, you, yes, you, and all our listeners at home, as long as they're listening to this in the next two days after it's released, can go and apply to go into space. Space! And all <laughs> expenses Let me, let me trip. quickly just check the last thing Elon Musk made blew up. Oh, that recently. Uh, I'll just pass on this one, John, okay? I think that he's going to be there as well, maybe. Oh, that, that is comforting. If we all die in a fire wreck, at least I'll take one billionaire out with me. Essentially, it's time for you, Thomas, to pitch why you should go into space. By the way, this wasn't meant to be cute and inspiration corner by the fact that Thomas just feels like, you know what I'm going to do with my life? Kill a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they told me to shoot for the stars and I just sort of misheard some of that and just, I got the shoot bit. <laughs> And I got the stars involved. I'm just, just, I'll just let me figure out the rest, and I'll be fine. 
But no, it would be really, it would be really nice, obviously, to get the opportunity to go to space. And I really cool that the Japan's involved in space exploration. It's not just focused on one or two countries. So that is nice. Good, good, good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Currently, there's a Japanese astronaut. He just recently did a spacewalk. I was talking to some of my students about it. It's really kind of cool. Neat. But Thomas, if you want to be an astronaut. You've got five stages of interviews and screenings, which is actually surprisingly low. You mean I can't just apply saying, please, for the love of God, jettison me into space. And I'll go like, signed! (laughs) Send this man into space! (laughs) Guess this man a space. I'll just look at my resume and go, yeah, this this guy needs to go. He'll be doing everyone a favour, including himself. But the thing is, I'm sure I've applied for jobs with more than five stages of interviews. (laughs) <laughs> and that was just for a graduate scheme. So step one, you can do it right now at home, Thomas, is pre-registration, which is open to everyone. Doesn't matter if you sniff your own farts or make a podcast or both. Uh, you can I really just think say- making a podcast should eliminate you from the running. I feel like that should be an immediate <laughs> cancellation. Anyone who is running a podcast has already squandered what human potential they had left. At the website, dearmoon.earth. Ah, that's cute. But so pre-registration closes on March 14th uh, at a midnight Pacific Standard Time. And then stage two, after that, will commence the document-based screening. And they'll send out more information about that on March 15th. And we don't know what that'll be. Maybe, like, your CV, maybe some essays... Maybe some check of Instagram followers. I don't know. Follow me at Instagram at the Gaijin John. Uh, stage three <laughs> involves a screening based on assignments. And then stage four is online interviews. And stage five is final interviews and medical evaluation, which are expected to take place at the end of May. That's fast. They wanted to get you out. Well, they got to get you out there for 2023, didn't you say? They, they've got to have a quick turnaround on this. Yeah, I know, but they're doing your medivals at the end of May, and we're not even sure if it's going to get to 2023 or not. <laughs> you'll, be able, you'll be qualified to go on a spaceship before you're qualified, before you've had your COVID test come in, is what I'm hearing. I can't, I can't go to space, I've just booked a holiday. There's <laughs> <laughs> a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to space, be one of the first humans who ever go commercially. Ah, uh, but you see, I'm fully booked, son. I just can't <laughs> find the time. But pre-registration is free with no commitments, and you get a free crew candidate certificate. Hey. Now remember, kids, do not forge your application to the uh, spaceship, regardless of whether or not you're dying of a terminal disease, because you will end up in a murder dome with like 11 other people your age, and which may or may not be the Matrix. I haven't actually That's... got that part of the game yet, so I don't, I wouldn't know. But uh... the thing is, this you could turn this very easily into a young adult like dystopian futures like even the sets of screening based on assignments it's like we'll drop you into a murder dome the one who the one who breaks out gets to have an interview (laughs) (laughs) that do be what the job market be like though (laughs) but yeah so you can you can sign up right now and if you uh if if you do pre-register you get your face and like your country's little flag (laughs) 
on this certificate, like which makes it look like your face is in a spacesuit. Mm, see, you almost had me, but then you said that I'd have my country's flag on the certificate, and that's an instant disqualification for me. I don't want any association with this country. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. So if you're feeling like, yeah, I should do this, but I got to... What does, it, what does he want? What is he looking for in potential crewmates? And he says, first... Ten years experience. <laughs> whatever activity you are into, by going into space, I hope that you can push its envelope to help other people and greater society in some way. So as you said, Thomas, podcasters are totally, totally, totally banned. <laughs> podcasters need not apply. <laughs> He wants people who can use their experience in space to do even greater things with their work than before. Second, Maizawa wants passengers that are willing and able to support other crew members who share similar aspirations. Uh, is this just social networking in space? <laughs> I... Uh, maritime law was too restrictive so the next thing they came up with is going into space because there are no laws in space <laughs> apart from I don't know maritime laws monkey knife fights in space you, you joke John but we all know where this is going as soon as they turn the cameras off of the international space station oh that place is going to turn into su such a hive of scum and villainy as you, the likes of which you've never seen this made me think of a question are there laws in space I think, if I remember The Martian, which is a really bad way of doing this, uh, there are maritime laws that apply in space, uh, which are, like, it's governed written in the by, 1800s. It's governed by international law, whatever that means. Uh, 107 countries are party to the Constitution of International Space Law, the 1967 Outer Space Treaty. That's amazing. Oh, oh yeah, because we had... I remember we studied this in uh, high school. It was all about whether or not you could put nuclear weapons in space. Well, those are like UN uh, bits, but this is like... A, you, theoretically, Thomas, you could have a lawyer in court say, totally seriously, according to international space law... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think the Americans were so keen to set up their own space force? It's so that they could, you know, bring democracy to space. Space! But it's the only place that is unblemished by capitalism. <laughs> I think Tim Curry may either be outdated or have lied to you, John. I don't know which one it is. No! Anyway, this was supposed to be cute. So I said inspiration corner. You might be able to go to space. Who knows? Probably won't be you. Probably be... Someone more interesting. Sorry. You honestly have more chance of winning the lottery because you don't need qualifications for the lottery. But, I mean, it's free to apply. Yeah. And you get a certificate. Yeah. Get a gold star. I Isn't tried. that just a participation <laughs> trophy? They got us again, oh, Thomas. God. The erosion of, of, the, of, the just, of society as we know it is that they're giving out space certificates to anyone whose space applies to anything. Well, the thing is, space is still part of a society, Thomas, as we just noted, with international space law. But mm. do you know who is also part of a society? A man running for no. Chiba gubernatorial election. It's time for Crime Corner. Gubernational, hey. sorry, not gubernatorial. 
Uh, well, this is kind of crime, because guess what? Organised politics is crime. Um, but no, <laughs> we've just got welcome to the anarchist Gaijin podcast. <laughs> uh, I think this is more interesting, like in terms of like crime stuff, as opposed to the person he is running against, because we'll get into actual crime right after this. Don't worry. So this is in Chiba. There's a race for the governor of Chiba Prefecture. Uh, the thing is, like, usually the incumbent governor would just win it automatically because democracy. But the Ooh. current governor is retiring. And so Ooh. there are now eight candidates who have entered the fray. And one of them is a 40-year-old man who dresses up in a Joker costume. Yeah. I'm the Joker, baby. It's like a mixture of, do you want to know how I got these scars mixed with society? That sounds like, you know what, despite how poor that description really is, uh, <laughs> it gave me all the information I needed. It does look like a really half-assed attempt to be uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, he's got a, the jacket, and then he just slapped on some white makeup. Uh, but I, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know why you wouldn't vote for him, Thomas, because he has announced his candidacy with the party to make all of Chiba a land of dreams and magic. That is code for drugs. <laughs> I'm not going uh, we, to... We know that's code for drugs. The thing is, there are at least two... Dreams and magic? Nah. The thing is, there are at least uh, two other... Uh, interesting candidates, uh, this including a man called Teruki Goto, uh, who is part of the Basic Income Party, who I think we covered a couple of months ago as he appeared in TV in a poop-stained diaper uh, when he was running for Tokyo governor. Somehow I've completely forgotten that story and it's hitting me, uh, that headline hits me new all over again. What the hell is going on? I've already got Joker candidate and Poopy Diaper candidate now, so it, it can only be good from here. Basically, it's the equivalent. It's basically the equivalent of the Monster Raving Looney Party in the UK. It's making sh it's making fun and using like laws. The reason this guy essentially stripped off, um, he basically got almost naked in his televised campaign speech. Uh, was that, um, this was last year, last June, actually, election regulators, you have to give each candidate an equal amount of time. And so if you're an official candidate, people get to do stupid stuff. Uh, and this is usually, the thing is, if you get 10% of the vote, you get your deposit back. But the deposit does cost an awful lot. The main reason, though, that our man is running, this is Joker Man, also known as Yusuke Kawaii. There is nothing kawaii about this guy. <laughs> no, no, there's one less I. One less I. That's really confusing. It is... Uh, he, he has two, as far as I can tell, John. <laughs> he hasn't got an eye patch. The thing is, the reason he might be running is he apparently has a rival. And he wants to annoy Ooh. his rival who is a candidate named Masayuki Hiratsuka, uh, who is a former Protect the Nation from NHK member. Uh, in short, there's a, another, like, Monster Raving Looney Party in Japan, which is, like, 
anti-the-BBC equivalent party, but just, like, don't... It's based on some valid stuff because the NHK do some weird things. However, Masayuki Hirutsuka uh, is not is not a great dude at the moment uh, because he's the current head of the People's Sovereignty Party. Thomas, I want to give you three. Interesting. I want to give you three guesses. I want to give you three guesses what the People's Sovereignty Party stands for. Uh, well, uh. <laughs> Gonna, gonna have to go with ethnostate on that one, John. Gonna oh, just go straight in there. Oh no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm, af- I'm afraid you've you've got that one wrong. It's actually the very uh. easy. Masks are horrible, and COVID nineteen is just a cold. As well as vaccines are dangerous. See, I, 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 I could have used those two extra guesses, but I'm not sure I'd have got the answer right anyway. So fair enough. Like, uh, I think we can all say here that <sighs> we from the Geeks and Gaijins say, F- Masayuki Hiratsuka. He is standing to be governor of Chiba, though. In terms of journalistic equality, f- all the other candidates as well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now the Joker party that advertises drugs doesn't sound so bad anymore. I think I'll take that. Yeah. However. The main issue here is that lots lots of the ways that governors get elected in Japan is that they basically they go out on the street and give speeches and that's where mm. the like traditional candidates where their strength is it's going around and giving speeches and getting people to turn up to the polling places however Chiba is still in a state of emergency and there'll also be the mayoral election in Chiba on the same day. Which means that likely these, like, well, I want to say, yeah, stupid candidates. I'm the, the makeup and the anti-vax guy and the nappy guy are all stupid candidates. Only one of those, I think, would be annoyed with that statement. Um, <laughs> so they have, like, a much larger online followings. So... They might get ahead in... Well, they might get some kind of advantage. I don't think they're going to win. Mm. If, if, if Joker Man wins, I will go and visit this Chiba land of magic and give them a, a, and give a report on location from the land of dreams and magic. You ready for actual crime now, Thomas? Uh, uh, yes, I, I suppose it's about time we get to actual crime corner, yes. Because he was dressed up as a criminal, whereas what if someone who mm. sounds like a criminal? <laughs> ah, yes, now I remember what headline you sent to me. Carry on, John. Because <laughs> yep. this is a fraudster in Aichi Prefecture who allegedly uh, called people asking them for money as President Donald Trump. I'm still, I, I, I'm still in the state of shock that this is a thing that's happening. I, I don't understand it. Please explain to me how this is. So that, so there's not much to explain. Uh, this is a man called Yoshihiro Fusano, who's a 44-year-old nursing care worker, and apparently he ran this scam during December 2018 and January 2019. And what he'd do is he'd call up his targets and introduce himself. As Donald Trump. And he would then speak in purposely stilted and broken Japanese uh, 
and tell them you are under contract for international insurance. In order to cancel it, you have to pay a cancellation fee. And then tell them to transfer money to a designated bank account. Did did that work? Uh, well, he apparently managed to get about nine hundred thousand yen, which is almost nine, oh. which is almost nine thousand U.S. dollars. That's nine thousand dollars. He should not have been able to earn doing this. But like, but I know Japan is not as familiar with U.S. politics as they are Japan politics. But there's still something suspect if. The President of the United States calls you up about your insurance. I know, uh, Thomas, I speak to Suga daily. We discuss car insurance. <laughs> like, uh, it, he'll get me back on that loan. Because the thing is, the thing is, uh, this man, he does state that I didn't steal anything. I didn't con anyone. A quote from him, I borrowed the money. I did not swindle anyone. The victims are delusional. So he gave all the money back, is what you're telling me, John. He gave uh, all the money back, right? If he just borrowed it, he just gave it money back. A little bit of interest, you know. Standard business practice. I, I feel like he would argue that because he's currently in prison or something. Something, something, something. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, there might be a really sad version to this because he is a nursing care worker. Which sounds like he looks after elderly people. So So he's definitely calling the shit out of them. Yeah, so I feel like it might be the thing of he realizes like which elderly people he can con by just saying Ah, oh, this is like a big this is a big person of authority telling you to give them money. So they do. That's kinda of sad. Mm. It is bizarre thinking about how much stuff there is about American politics that makes its way over to Japan. I suppose it's not so surprising considering how closely the two countries have been linked since the 1950s, but still learning that there's anti-masks and anti-vaccine sentiment, there's a whole bunch of QAnon garbage going on in Japan at the moment. Oh, yeah. And also that someone can con people out of money using the voice of Donald Trump is just, it's so bizarre. <laughs> It, it makes me question, considering we have the anti-mask, anti-vaccine and QAnon stuff in England, whether someone could have pulled the same stuff over here. And people are like, yeah, sure, that sounds like Donald Trump. I'll send him money it's for international insurance. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, except there's someone else in Japan who's just been arrested uh, for throwing caltrops on the road. Any particular reason why? Just for our listeners at home, Thomas, do you want to explain what caltrops are? Uh, for my limited knowledge of caltrops from uh, Pokemon and D&D, uh, they're basically lots of really, really small spikes that you throw out on the ground to... Uh, well, you either throw them on paths to make it difficult for people to walk on or throw them on roads to pop tires and such. They're quite nasty little things because you put all your weight on them. Yep. So they, they really do destroy whatever you stick in them. Yeah, but mostly being your feet or tyres. Uh, this is one 55-year-old man in Gifu City who was arrested for his collection of 66 handcrafted caltrops. Um, uh, 
Handcrafted? Indeed. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't know where you'd buy this stuff. Some of them were simple as three screws held together by vinyl tape and broken CDs. Ow. Yeah. Um, Why does he have these? Uh, well, apparently he just put them in the road uh, because there apparently been dozen reports, dozens of reports of tires being punctured by crudely made caltrops, uh, which uh, go back to June of 2019, with even report of a police car having hit them. Oh, well, you're done goofed now, son. You got the police involved. They're going to be hiding out in front of your house under a tarp now. Uh, on February 2nd of this year, he was caught by a street camera when he placed one of his homemade caltrops on Sakura Street, because this is Japan, uh, at 7.40 mm. in the evening. And it then ended up popping the tire of a car driven by a woman in her 60s. And it has now led to his arrest. Um, yeah, so... Again, if you know Pokemon, it's the it's the move spikes. The Japanese caltrops are something called in Japanese as makibishi. Uh, but yeah, uh, the suspect reportedly admitted to charges of violating the Road Traffic Act and destruction of property, and and not possible grievous bodily harm. I mm -hmm. I don't know if that exists. That could in kill Japan. someone if yes. they if they they lost control of their car. Or could injure a very small child, so. Or just hurt you, like like. Oh wow! I've I feel just like seen... that's the least extreme of the three options, but yes. I've just seen pictures of these. They're gonna oh. be horrible because they're poorly made and very sharp. Like you'll probably also get an infection from stepping on one of those. Eh. Still. The mind boggles at what exactly the motivation for doing this is, because you've got to have some serious issues if you're willing to make 66 of these things on your own. Yep, there's... Well, I can't understand it. I really can't. But do you know what I also don't understand, Thomas? Uh, many things. <laughs> well, many things. And this week's snack break. Da -da 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 -da. As per usual. Uh, yeah, the greatest so, mysteries of Japan is found in their food, it seems. Yeah, well, the thing is, I have already eaten this week's snack break, so it's not much, so much a snack break as me just talking about my dinner. Uh, Yay! Uh, however, this was something I found um, in the store. I, I bought it, I didn't just find it on the floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this, Thomas... Uh, uh, Thomas does not know what, what this is yet. Uh, would uh -huh. you like to explain to the people at home uh, what is in this picture? Is that sour cream and onion Pringles noodles, John? Yes, it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find all these pictures on the Guide and Drawn Instagram, but I've broken down the process of making... Sour cream and chive-flavoured yakisoba noodles. I'm not particularly mad, because sour cream and onion are fantastic Pringles. But, yeah, I, I would not have imagined putting them on noodles. Uh, that one is 
That, that one eluded me. I'm going to have to try that at some point now that I know it exists. Well, but, th- there's uh, not a don't. Thomas, first stop. First stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, first of all, I want to say I hope you're all happy because this, this box was 700 bloody calories. And it's just carbs. It's just carbs and fat and salt. And I you said you went horrible. to the gym today, John. Yeah, I know. I'm bloody glad I did. Otherwise, I don't think I could have <laughs> dealt with it. Uh, I think you might have at most broken even, if not still be at a loss after this. Yeah, so this is how you make... This is something that I've had a couple of times in Japan. This is something called yakisoba. But this is like instant yakisoba. So Japan has, a, like we do everywhere, Japan has like pot noodles... Uh, which was actually mm. invented by a Chinese man. It's very strange. Or oh, they were in, they were from China. Ra- ramen is seen as a Chinese food in Japan. It's weird. But anyway, this kind of noodles you can get in a box. And what you do is you then pour the box full of water, and then after leaving it for three minutes with the lid on, you then has a special tab that you pull and you drain it. So you end up with dry cooked noodles after pouring boiling water into it and you then add the sachets and sauces and whatever um yeah and so that's exactly what this was but the sachets and sauces were sour cream and onion powder and oil yeah well i look forward to hearing what that was like (laughs) Well, one, uh, one, I do want to say, uh, like, the way of making yakisoba, like, this way of making yakisoba, it's really, really fun. Like, I think it would be a really big thing in the UK, because they're, they're relatively cheap. They're, like, um, they're, like, a pound or a dollar fifty or something. And you get them in loads of different flavours. I've had, like, roast beef flavoured ones. I've not mm. had many recently, but, yeah, I saw this and went, like, hmm, I wonder what Pringles flavoured noodles taste like. Um, Thomas, they taste like Pringles. Say it isn't so, John. (laughs) I kind of hated myself whilst eating them, but it's the thing of... (laughs) The noodles are just carbs. So the noodles are Mm. just all semi-flavourless carbs. So, like, you're just adding, like, the flavour packet and some oil, which I think had some of the onion, a more oniony flavour on it, plus the packet with, like, salt and sodium and whatever in it it was just it's just the flavoring from sour cream and onion pringles put on (laughs) the noodles i ah my brain i i don't i like it was it was good like it filled me up it was a meal but i i just ate 700 calories of of of, of just carbs and ah <laughs> it also doesn't look too exciting once it was done like mm. just looks like noodles yeah it's like looks like noodles a little bit of salt or something sprinkled on top yeah, it's like a special powder of it. So you you there's powder. One of the sachets is powder. One of the sachets is oil. You pour them on and then you mix them. 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what, what to say, but Japan, like, Japan wins, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? I feel like this is the kind of thing that Snack Break was made for. Things that are, like, not, like, bad or interesting, just things that I'm confused by. <laughs> Like we can all we can see everyone go to Japan and try yaki udon or try like something for or try like ah oh, that's like a red bean paste ah oh, that's Japanese McDonald's ah oh, no this is Pringles flavored noodles. Snack break is at its best when it is nothing more than a thinly veiled excuse for John to eat something that no sane human being would normally try. Yeah, that. That. Yeah. If you see it in the store, um, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is exactly what it says on the tin. You get exactly what you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time for our final section. Bake it away, Thomas. Well, uh, if you've uh, a long time listening to the podcast, you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about some custom-made masks that were going around that are for just general flu and fever and also for people suffering from hay fever. Yeah, now, they have, like, special stamps you can put on them and, like, special badges that you put on the masks. Mm. Now, uh, obviously, hay fever is not a a single issue for Japan it is an international problem but uh, it seems according to a headline I stumbled across this week that hay fever is particularly bad in Japan which is made even weirder by the fact that whilst everyone knew it existed it wasn't really that big a deal until a few decades ago but since then it's now grown to be called the national illness of Japan somehow now, that's obviously a very interesting premise to someone like me who suffers from hay fever. I was like, that sounds like fun. I'll have a look and have, see what that's about. Little did I know just how deep the rabbit hole went on Japan's hay fever epidemic. Thomas, do you mean that the national disease of Japan is not overwork? I don't think the Japanese government recognises that as a disease, John, so it wouldn't count. Point taken. Please continue. <laughs> So, with all great stories about Japan, we have to go back to the war. Oh, God. Which one? <laughs> That's a very good question, John. You haven't read this article, I'm assuming. You had a look at it and thought, yeah, I read part. <laughs> I read part. I read part of it. Fantastic. Okay, you can correct me if I get anything wrong here. No, so, I can't. As everyone remembers, the Second World War was not kind to Japan. It decimated pretty much every living capacity of the country, both the cities and the and the wildlife. Uh, and when, when the war, once the war was over, Japan had something of a of a lumber shortage, I, for reasons I can't imagine why. Definitely nothing to do with all the firebombing that happened, but they they really needed wood, and importing wood was very expensive. I will also say that Japan just builds everything out of wood. 
Like, yes. that's, that's like part of it as well. Like, basically, at this time, all Japanese housing and, like, all Japanese, like, I saw torches. I went to the local museum. I saw a torch made out of bamboo, as in a flashlight made out of bamboo. <laughs> From the war, because they didn't have metal. Like, metal wasn't readily available, but bamboo was. So you've just got the insides of a torch in a in a wooden, in just a wooden thing of bamboo. It was amazing. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Obviously, when you're just recovering from a war, you have a lot of different priorities as a government, especially if you're trying to rebuild the country. So the uh, Japanese government plan was to find the most efficiently growing uh, and cheapest to produce woods they could find. And if I remember correctly, the wood they found was a type of, yes, cedar tree, Japanese cedar tree, a native tree, which was nice. They didn't bring in an invasive species or anything. But basically, because they needed wood and they needed money desperately, uh, they tore out as much forest as possible and re replanted it all with cedar tree. Which, you know, worked out pretty well in the short term, as you might imagine. Uh, but the problem is that cedar produces a lot of pollen. Like, to the extent now where... I don't know if John's ever witnessed this. I don't know if he's near any large cedar forests. But you will see large clouds of pollen just billowing up from the cedar forests in Japan. Uh, which was quite startling for people who hadn't seen that before because they thought the forest was on fire initially. Um, so, I... I've not, I've not seen this. I have seen all my co-workers suffering with uh, cedar allergies. And this is the thing that on the news, they were big, like it was a high cedar pollen count. And loads of my co-workers had like, were having like hay fever and stuff. I was like, oh, is everyone okay? So yeah, our cedar pollen. Because the thing is, the most common hay fever in the West is not cedar or not tree-based pollen. It's grass-based pollen. Mm -hmm. So I suffer from hay fever and I'm fine my kind of allergy is based on grass pollen and not the cedar pollen. So I'm sure the science is very interesting. I don't understand it. But, like, cedar pollen, like, allergy thing is huge. And, like, that's their experience of hay fever. Whereas in the West, it's very different. Our thing is, well, hay, grass. That's <laughs> why we call it hay fever. Yes, mowing the lawn is an agonizing experience for me. But uh, it sounds like I'd be good in Japan, which would be great. But yes, so but if back, back up to speed, Japan used to have a fairly small cedar tree population, meaning that not many people suffered from cedar tree allergy. But once they just replaced every living tree in the country with cedar, that became much more obvious and much more prevalent. Uh, fun fact, though, uh, the somewhat counterintuitively, it might seem initially, the hay fever allergies are far more severe in cities than they are in the countryside uh, because whilst the countryside will have plenty of space for the pollen to go and be absorbed into the ground and stuff as you would um, it just sort of bounces off cement and tarmac and stuff so you just have a constant cloud of hay fever in a city where it would actually dissipate in the countryside not to mention things like diesel pollution also just exacerbate the symptoms of hay fever massively. So, good luck with that. I think you're fairly safe, John. You're out in a, a nice open area around your place. Yep, and I'm I'm like next to the sea, so you're fine. I'm not too bad. 
Also, I don't have cedar allergies. I meant more the people uh, living the near other... you, but yes. F*** them. Um, <laughs> but yeah. They already have to deal with me. They'll be fine. Uh, but no, it, it's also the thing, like, if you watch uh, one of my favourite animes, one of my favourite animes, Hataraku Saibo, also known as Cells at Work, which also I know that some of the science teachers in my school use to, like, teach the kids. It's great. <laughs> in that, there's one of the episodes is dealing with, like, inside the body. It's basically anime boys and girls, but they're your cells. And uh, one of the episodes is about cedar pollen and how the body overreacts to cedar pollen. And, like, the cedar pollen is just these, like, big overweight, like, Mr. Blobby guys <laughs> just going around going, Oh, that's <laughs> horrifying. The last thing I need in my bloodstream is Mr. Blobby. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you seen this episode? I think I watched three episodes of Cells at Work. Uh, maybe two. I don't think I got to the hay fever section. The real question, John, is have you kept up with Cells at Work Black? I don't think that's what they'll be showing in your schools, but you never know. I hear that's quite brutal. That is what... Oh my god, that is horrifying. Yep. I, I think you're accurate, Mr. Blobby. And now I will not go to sleep tonight, because I'll be worried every time I sneeze about Mr. Blobby being in my system. So thanks for that, John. He's inside you. <laughs> I think what John pointed out earlier that uh, cedar pole uh, hay fever is different from grass hay fever, or regular hay fever, I guess, uh, is that the symptoms are quite different. Well, not quite different. They're worse in Japan, especially because there's so much of it, it's almost impossible to get away from. So it's actually causing quite a bit of issues because it actually keeps people from going outside or going to work because they're stuck indoors, because otherwise they'll be, you know, struggling to breathe or have the tears streaming from their eyes from how terrible the uh, hay fever problem is. So it's actually, like, a serious issue. It's That's what's making it such a national concern, is that it's actually impacting the economy. It's gotten so bad. Yep, so I've looked at the stats. It's about 90% of people with hay fever are allergic to grass pollen. So the other 10% are trees and weeds. And so, yeah, so hay fever in Japan uh, is called kafuncho, which means pollen illness. I mean, that's accurate. It, uh, by the way, this cedar tree is, is not a member of the cedar family because reasons. It's a uh. Japanese cedar tree, John. It doesn't have to be actually a cedar tree. That would be asking too much of it. Apparently here, there are hay fever relief vacations people can take, <laughs> which go to low-pollen areas like Okinawa and Hokkaido. And some people in Japan... Well, this is Wikipedia, and I can't see anyone citing this, but some people use medical laser therapy to see sensitize the parts of their nose that are sensitive to pollen. Oh, give me some of that. Uh... <laughs> I'll book that in after my laser eye surgery just so I can just pump as many lasers into my face as possible. He is Laser Man. <laughs> so, yeah, and there's obviously some other serious issues that plant replacing all the trees in your country with cedar are, which is that uh, Japan now has too much. It no longer needs to be imported. Well, it no longer needs the lumber it's producing because it has far more. And turns out importing lumber is now much cheaper. 
so it doesn't <gasps> doesn't need to even worry about producing its own lumber anymore, which is fun for that. Uh, also, it's caused massive environmental damage, <laughs> as you might uh, imagine, because it's destroyed the biodiversity of the ecosystem, which leads to things like uh, soil degradation as well as other problems. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, by the way, guys, soil degradation is a real issue in a country with, with horrendous natural disasters, including mudslides, typhoons, tsunamis, volcanoes, etc. Earthquakes. Yeah, you really don't want your ground to be unstable when you're getting earthquakes. It's Japan. They're making their own artificial land because they don't have enough. They can't afford to lose any of it because they've planted too many trees. <laughs> Uh, well, not not the right types of trees at the very least. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, Japan now has to pursue a very uh, extensive and expensive environmental campaign in order to reintroduce the biodiversity of its trees and get rid of all the cedar that they planted, um, which is going to take forever, apparently. Uh, about 200 years, the article from Unseen Japan said, I think. So it'll be good to know that, like, six or seven generations time this problem will be fixed whether will last actually last that long is remains to be seen whether we will still have noses to be streaming and eyes to be itchy yes so in summary uh short-term planning by a, a desperate government has led to massive problems in the long term who would have imagined that doesn't sound like japan at all to be continued, because that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. We've been Geeks and Gaijins. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and more. Uh, you can also email us at geeksandgaijins uh, at gmail.com. We're, of course, on everywhere you can find podcasts. If we are not on one of those places, you can email us at aforementioned email, geeksandgaijins at gmail.com. And also a Twitter. Message Thomas on Twitter. He's he's the most active person. Hello, it's me. I'm on Twitter occasionally. I say at occasionally. Twice a day at, at least. I've got a problem. <gasps> and we also have a YouTube channel where we upload the podcast as well, as well as Thomas having some lovely, uh, uh, some lovely anime hot takes as well in video essay form. Yes, thank you for everyone who's uh, watched my Isekai video. It's been doing really well recently. Uh, yeah. I, I was honestly surprised well. it breached a thousand views. So that's fun. Watch out, we got a badass over here. Uh, it's, it's only up from here. And we will eventually be back on Twitch when we're not both dying. Who knows what's going on? Don't trust me. I might need a new computer before then, so don't hold your breath, unfortunately. Indeed. But anyway, thank you for listening, guys, and we will see you next week in Japan. Bye.